0: There was nothing else at all in the whole world football.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Triple F, where I was joined last night by co-host Matt to talk about the major leagues all across Europe. This episode does have the bonus of a running update on the Arsenal game all the way throughout, so I'm sure all of you Gunners out there will thoroughly enjoy that one. Um, But for all of you, I really hope you enjoy the show. And thanks again for listening to the Triple F. Just before we sort of get into the nitty gritty of it, I do need to make a sort of public announcement. Um, I had a friend who messaged me earlier today. and uh, He basically said that I I got a a sort of bit of information wrong on the last podcast that I did. Um, I did a Patrick Vieira um, podcast and I mentioned yes. on there that uh, Thierry Henry had now taken up the, the manager's position at Bournemouth which is completely wrong so I apologise to you Dan and I apologise to all the listeners out there and um, Thierry Henry is not the new manager of Bournemouth it's actually Jonathan Woodgate there isn't much of a A sample size when it's looking at sort of Patrick Vieira or Thierry Henry and you would be you know if if you were a Bournemouth or a championship side or a Celtic or any team like that taking a bit of a gamble by appointing a Vieira or an Henry but Mm. I don't know there's Jonathan Woodgate his time at Middlesbrough to me doesn't sort of raise a lot of hopes either so it's that that to me seemed to be a bit of an odd one
0: yeah it's difficult to imagine one of those sort of managers actually pulling up trees I don't think Henri had much of a impact in New York I think was he mm-hmm. before and in fairness European managers don't tend to have a lot of success in, in America but um, no yeah it's well it's unproven ground isn't it for, for a lot of them really and like you say Woodgate's not done amazingly well no, previously. So, yeah, it's. Uh...
1: But I, I think out of all of the three managers, it seems to be an odd comparison that we're comparing Henri Vieira and Woodgate. But hey, hey, that's how, how we do things on the Triple F. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think out of all of those three, I do believe Vieira to be to have somewhat of the best credentials, given that you know he did f- reasonably well in New York. He did reasonably well at Nice, I think, as well, because he
0: mm.
1: pretty much staved them off relegation when he went there. Uh, and then I think he was fairly sacked uh, during the second season there because there was a lot of financial issues that they had to deal with. And um, they sacked him quite early on. They sacked him in December, which, was just, yeah, it's a weird one. And they were, you know, fairly safe in the table, mid-table. Mm. It's just, yeah... Just an odd one. But um, yeah, really comparing strange. that to Henri's time where Henri... I think the, the Monaco job was a disaster. Um, his brief sort of spell in um, in Montreal. That is not not a great success. And then um, Jonathan Woodgate with his time in Middlesbrough. <laughs> that was somewhat of a disaster as well. So I, I would say... Vieira would be at the, the, the tip of those three managers, but um, I, I don't know because like, I was sort of saying on that podcast as well on the episode that I believe, um, now obviously Neil, Neil Lennon has been sacked at Celtic, that sort yeah. of that, that job is now vacant. I, I don't know, there's something romantic about the idea of, of Vieira managing there. I don't I, I it's just something that I don't know, I can't give a a clear explanation as to why I like it, but it, it just, to me it seems like a good idea.
0: Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty much a, a free swing, really. I think at Celtic at the minute they are mm. what's it's like sixteen points behind Rangers. A so lost to Ross County at the weekend. Uh, yeah, they can't pretty much can't do any worse than they have done this season under Lennon. It's been a real struggle of a season this yeah. season. So, um, whoever goes in has a little bit of space, a little bit of patience, I would imagine, mm. to, um, to change things around. And I think Henri, the likes of Henri era. Mm. Um, it, it's an A-lister. It would get people through the door, um, yeah. uh, figuratively, obviously. But um, <laughs> it, it, might be, it might be the way to go. You know? It might be the yeah. chance that they could take, whether, whether or not you're going to get the likes of, sort of Eddie Howe or, or someone a bit more traditional. In that sense,
1: AVB is that a a possibility? Do you think?
0: Unlikely, I would imagine. I Mm. think he's probably going to be aiming a little higher in Mm. his career. I think. I think he's going to want to go a step above um, Celtic. Which I'm not meaning to denigrate Celtic, obviously, but um, you know, there are teams out there that probably he could could, um, aim for. I would imagine. Yeah. Do you think? I
1: I I don't know. I I just think with AVB. I think he's kind of... His trajectory is slightly downwards, more than it was upwards when he sort of took over at, at Chelsea, because obviously when he finished at Porto, that's where everything was in the ascendancy. He was sort of seen as the next best thing. And then just ever since, you know, that Chelsea role, essentially it was a bit of a downward slide down to Tottenham. And I don't think he's really managed to sort of pick things up. I think Marseille... I think he possibly left at the wrong time, left it too late to be there because there were times when it, he was absolutely flying with Marseille, and then it just you know it's, it that obviously ended up in a in a chaotic way. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe now it's a case of he needs to take a bit of a stepping stone for him to get his career back on track, and maybe it's just me being a, a the, the the old romanticist again. Um, but yeah, for for me, I think that would make a, a pretty decent fit as well. And I think as well, yeah, I think Celtic had become so accustomed to the the Rogers style of football, that attacking style of football. They'll definitely yeah. get that with AVB. Most definitely get that with AVB. But again, it's just, it all depends. All depends. But um, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we will. I mean, it's early days. It was only, um, at the time of recording, it was only a few hours ago, I think, wasn't it? it you know, it was today. So yeah, um, yeah it'll... Uh, you know, it's not the most sought-after job in, in European football, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, a, a, a quite a proving ground for, for a lot of managers as well. You know, Brendan Rogers did, did a good job. He resurrected his career. Um, and Celtic, you know, they are an institution, so mm. hopefully they do they, um, start yeah. the challenge. Because it is nice to see uh, that title challenge between Scott, between Rangers and... and Celtic it's always a pleasure to watch so you know hopefully they start to pick up some results sometime soon anyway
1: yeah so I think that that just that sort of rivalry having that lit back up again with Rangers that could be quite attractive to to managers wanting a new challenge as well
0: yeah yeah potentially there isn't a you know bigger rivalry I think you know politically as well as um, you know, on the football pitch, I don't think. I think you know you're going to be looking at sort of a Milan derby and, and things like that for a bigger mm. atmosphere. But you know that Celtic derby, Celtic Rangers derby is, is massive. And mm. when crowds can come back, it, there is nothing like it. And yeah, you know, I've, I've got um, you know I've got friends who support Rangers and Celtic, and, and they both um, absolutely love it. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, good to see them return to form. But uh, this season's yeah. a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Rangers have wrapped it up already. There's only, I think, eight games left and Rangers are really flying high in, in yeah. Europe as well for, for yeah. once um, after that remarkable result last week. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting next season anyway, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of foregone conclusions, um, I don't think it's as much of a foregone conclusion in the Premier League as it is in the SPL, but it does look as if the, the Man City... Um, title race is essentially over Um, it looks as if it's heading to the blue side of Manchester which I'm sure you're not too pleased about but um, (laughs) what's your thoughts on it really
0: yeah I mean you say I'm not too pleased about it but I think you know this season I I wasn't expecting any great guns you know I wasn't expecting us to to win it or anything like that no Um, I'm pleased in a sense that Liverpool aren't winning it from that old rivalry tribal sort of rivalry, I'm pleased Liverpool aren't winning. Um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily going to say I'm pleased that Liverpool are doing so badly, but uh, hmm. you know, I'm not losing any sleep over them. But Man City have just walked away with it now. I thought hmm. they might be um, struggling towards the beginning of the season, I think. I think they really sort of struggled to pick up some results and get any kind of momentum going. But now, the last couple of months have just been ridiculous. Yeah, It's an absolutely insane... Set of form there. I mean, is it 19 wins in a row or something like that, and 12 yeah. wins away or something? It's it's remarkable. Um, yeah, how they've just switched it on and that quadruple. I can't necessarily say for sure that they're going to do that, but I wouldn't bet against it this season. Mm. Not with everybody else doing so poorly. I think it's um, if if they're going to do it, they're going to do it mm. this season.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I think. They're um now 2-0 with an away advantage, aren't they, in the Champions League? So mm. um although it's it's usually a, a, a lot further, I think, in the sort of quarters semis where they usually come and stuck. But I don't know. What just gives me a different vibe about Man City is their defensive um solidness. There was obviously the second season under Guardiola when they were just I think they were just destroy teams with their sort of offensive capabilities where it's now it just seems to there seems to be more of a solid structure about them um when they're playing these games and i, I don't know whether diaz diaz for me he's been so impressive I'm, i've been so taken back by how well he's taken to the game and he kind of reminds me of company in the sense that um he just controls games. He seems to be the leader, seems to be the captain. You see just, just that real force Mm. in that team. And it's a, it's a scary prospect because in a way he's somewhat better than company because obviously company when Guardiola came in was sort of, you know, nearing towards the latter part of his career. Whereas Diaz now is, he's real, really in the peak of his powers. Um, so it's yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite a scary prospect when you think
0: about it. Yeah, I'd agree. I think um, Dias. I think there was some ish, you know concerns whether or not he would fit into that company mold. And I think City, for a, a good number of months, struggled to fit that and find that balance and that sort of um, formula to work in, in, in defence. That's obviously been a, a problem of the past now with uh, Stones and Diaz partnering mm. up in a real, like you say, solid defensive unit and stones is um, rejuvenation under you know pep and with with that partnership with with the ass has been a, an absolute transformation for, for me and he's you know knocking on England's door now for death for sure yeah and that's one thing that city potentially struggled with was their defensive strength and now with that structure in place it's um, with cancelo as well the port they've got a decent set of defenders there, which yeah. they didn't necessarily have before and they relied on their attacking force. You know, the the whole mantra before was, you know, the best form of defence is attack and, and that was always the city way. That's still the city way, but now they've got a real, you know, rock to to form that um you know structure upon. Edison as well, he's a amazing mm. goalkeeper. He's he's incredible. Um, not just as a goalkeeper but as an outfield player as well. His distribution is I mean, it's been talked about, you know, um, by others, and, and certainly a lot better than me. But um, mm. his his distribution is is insane, and he's one of the only goalkeepers who you can potentially count upon for assists. Yeah, you know, and, and that's <laughs> that's just ridiculous. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have that luxury in your team, but no. um, it, it it just flows so well. And, and the game against Mönchengladbach Guard back was a real highlight of not only their ambition but their sort of smooth their connections, their flow, their, how they work well together as a team was just really impressive for me. And it, and it spoke volumes to me that Pep was disappointed that it wasn't good enough for him. You know, mm. he was saying that they should have got taken more out of the game and they should have dominated a bit more. Um, mm. So that, that spoke volumes to me, despite yeah. the fact it was a, co- a comfortable victory, you know, the Munch and Gladbach weren't going to challenge at any point, I don't think necessarily. And, um, and to come away with a 2-0 away win, I think that's a pretty fair result on the night. But yeah, it, it could have been more.
1: It does look unlikely for sort of other teams to um, to sort of mount any title challenge, really. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't bet any money on sort of Man City losing losing the, uh, the title grasp anytime soon, really.
0: Yeah, no, it's 10 points now and, and it's not just the point gap, it's the form of all the teams underneath you know Hmm. I think there's apart from Chelsea I think they've picked up a few decent results recently I don't think there's anybody necessarily who are who are going to go that distance with um to city it's a shame really because the the points that Man United should have won would have left them about a point behind you know if they had picked up those victories, you know, that if it had held on for that victory against Everton, instead of drawing 3 all that would have been another two points. And those kind of little tiny victories and, and dropped points would have really stood us in good stead. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. So uh, yeah, it's City's all the way. I'd be yeah. paying out if I, was a, if I was a betting company, I'd be paying out on City to win by now.
1: One um, obviously we'll, we'll talk about it later. The, the relegation mm. fight that seems to be um, a, a, an interesting one in the Premier League as well. But the, obviously the top four one that's that's an interesting one because you've got um, I think is it uh, sort of second to seventh, and there's only five p- points between West Ham and fourth and, and Everton and seventh. So yeah, yeah, it's it's very evenly and interestingly poised.
0: Yeah, it really is, and then. Villa, obviously, have got a game in hand as well, so that would only, would only sort of take him a point behind uh, Everton. So, again, they go into the mix for that European qualification. So, it is really nice, quite well-balanced, really. And mm. um, it's anyone's game, really. I think um, I'd be hard-pressed to see United and, and Leicester drop out of that European qualification. But the rest, I think, are really going to be uh, pushing it to the wire. been impressed with West Ham. They've been a decent uh, um you know, offer this season so far, under Moyes They've done really well, and I've been really yeah. sort of. It's been quite pleasing to see that, that, that West Ham team do really well. Um, Moyes deserves it, I think. So uh, yeah, it'd be <laughs> an absolute revelation if they get to Champions League football by the end of this season.
1: If I could push you for a top four,
0: um, top four obviously City, then United, Leicester for me, and I can see Chelsea getting it. Yeah, I can see with that run of form. Um, I think they may hold hold out, and I think Liverpool are going to struggle to regain any kind of momentum now. I think they've lost too much ground on on those above. I think they're mm. struggling with a lot of different issues off the field as well. Obviously, we've spoken about, and defensively as well. I don't think that that's ever going to get fixed any time this season. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's going to be a real struggle for them. So they'll be Europa League, I think, at best.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can't really argue yeah. that because so I think with Chelsea. Um, given the fact that they seem to be in the groove now with Tuchel, even though they they sort of drew that last game, I do think under Tuchel, Tuchel I don't know how, how we're saying it, but <laughs> I think under cool me. yeah Tuchel under Tuchel, um, yeah it seems it, I, I actually rate him as a manager. I think he's a decent manager, mm. a decent coach, and I think he'll get a lot out of Chelsea, and especially considering Chelsea have an absolute wealth of talent. And I do think the likes of Werner and Havertz will benefit massively under his tutelage. Obviously, from the same country, I think that goes a long way as well. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one for Chelsea, but um, yeah, they're good money for for the top four spot. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I say, the form is is really on their side, and I think Tuchel has has really turned it around for them so far. So. You know, it's um, it's going to be a tight one, but I definitely think they'll get the uh, fourth place, or Mm -hmm. at least at least fourth. And as much as I'd love West Ham to to do it, I don't think they're going to do uh, Champions League. But Europe's a possibility. I'd like to see Everton do well, do a lot better than they previously have. Yeah. You know that seventh place, that sixth, seventh place that Everton always usually occupy. um, At least they did with Moyes. I think um, I'd like to see them supersede that a little bit and, and go a little bit higher than. Uh, yeah yeah it's going to be an interesting run in for, for sure
1: definitely another interesting run in the relegation battle um did you see the brighton palace game Matt?
0: i saw bits of it yeah i didn't watch mm. the whole thing no, no but, uh,
1: yeah i have yeah. only seen the highlights but um it's, it, the, the media's kind of made a big thing of it but um cuz there's, there's obviously uh, there's been tons of games throughout history where this sort of similar thing has happened. It's a very smash and grab type of game, but it's probably one of the most smashiest and grabbiest of performances from Palace. Uh, Brighton, they had 75% possession, 25 shots with five on target, and obviously only one went in, where Palace, Mm. they they only had three shots and two went in. But (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the goals, but those goals, especially Benteke's, to score that with the last kick of the game, it's an exquisite volley and it's Benteke yeah. as well he's just like what, what happened there he's just all of a sudden turned into
0: to Gert Muller and, and scored this wonder goal he's always been a I've, I've often been quite fond of Benteke I think um it was always kind of funny to watch his lack of form and he went out god knows how many months and how many games without scoring um I've always been you know, fond of him as that kind of target man in that sort of Lukaku sort of mould, but not, not as good. Hmm. He's it, It's always pleasing to see him do well. I, I do like it. So, um, yeah, it was a remarkable result, wasn't it? Last minute, last goal, last yeah. kick of the game. Yeah, unfortunate for Brighton. I think they're going to struggle. It's going to be them yeah. and uh, Newcastle who are going to struggle for that yeah. relegation spot, I think, with Fulham on, on the march as well. Yeah, It'll be uh, a tough one for them too. It's going to be a right battle by the end of the season. Mm.
1: I, I mean, if I was pushed to give a um, a choice of three for relegation, I would have to put Brighton in there um, with bright I, with Brighton, um, West Brom, and uh, Sheffield United being the three to go down in my pick. I just think with Brighton, just that lack of that clinical edge, just the fact that, I mean, you can play pretty football, you can play. Beautiful football, all you want, but at the end of the day, if you don't put those goals in, it could be the death of you.
0: And I think that's that's, that's true. That's true. I think you could say the same thing about Newcastle, though, couldn't you? I think mm. you know they've got no target man. You know, Callum Wilson's out for however long. He's um, he was their key, really. He yeah, was their linchpin for the for the running for the season. Mm. They've got no threat going forward whatsoever. It's been spoken about before, and I think um, that's going to really hamper them. And mm. I would argue that they're going to be at more risk than, than Brighton for relegation. Yeah. myself. That's dependent, obviously, on, on Fulham um, pulling through. But, uh, yeah, mm. for me, it's Newcastle to go down, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I don't think Fulham will go down. I think Fulham just looks so good at the moment. They seem absolutely in the flow with, with Parker. I think he's got them playing exquisite football. And they just look too good to go down. And um, mm. That's just my opinion. But then um, when it comes to Newcastle, it's just something that, you know, puts me on the they're the sort of favouring them for um, for survival. It's just the fact that under Steve Bruce, you've got a manager that can... I know he's been relegated with a few clubs in the past, but for me, perhaps when you need to just sort of dig in and scrap at all costs... And, and perhaps just picking up the, the sort of odd point here and there, that's going to help you. Whereas I think with Brighton, they'll try and go out and go out for, for the kill in every game. And essentially that might be the undoing of them. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Obviously I wouldn't, if I, I'm not a betting man anyway, but if I had to bet a lot of money on it, I definitely wouldn't do so. Um, but yeah, if at a push, I'd probably just say Brighton just because of that. Lack of that clinical edge, like I say.
0: Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to have this same conversation. So put a pin in this, uh, and and yeah, we'll we'll come back to it in a month's time and and see what uh, what's changed. But uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, keeping a close eye on that. I'm I'm almost keeping more of an eye on the bottom of the league than the top of the league at the moment. It's more interesting to me. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Space.
1: Yeah, speaking about keeping an eye on things, I've just looked at the score now. Uh, the Arsenal match is 2-0, uh, which means as, as things stand, I think Benfica go through, uh, which is not great. And there's 15 minutes left to play. Um, so, yeah, not not too happy as an Arsenal fan. But the fact, you know, <laughs> if we just score, what, uh, yeah, we just need that one goal. Oh. Um, uh, Typical, typical Arsenal.
0: <laughs> so it's 3 all on aggregate, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Or it is now, anyway. So uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Benfica with the two <laughs> away goals. <All> right. <laughs> Which is just harder to take, like when we were talking about it before, that, you know, this isn't... Mm. Uh, okay, you can say technically it's an away goal. It's not really an away goal. There's no advantage it's taken from sort of home and away with the current status of things as they are. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, it just seems to be
0: a bit of a. I think a Away goals are just redundant nowadays, I think. it's mm. just I could understand why they were brought in in the first place, you know, 50 years ago or whatever it was, when away travel involved taking a train for 20 hours and, and a flight overnight and two days of travel and all sorts, playing mm. on an awful pitch, which you weren't used to and, and all that business. But that's not an issue anymore. So I don't know why um, away goals really count. Especially at really elite level, you know? yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me now.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an odd one, but it's one of those archaic rules that <laughs> probably take a while for them to.
0: to it's to not going to help Arsenal now, anyway, is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, hopefully, we've still got 15 minutes left to play. But just <laughs> just knowing the way we are, oh, oh, it's just uh, it just, it just smacks of. Last year when we did this, I think it's even the exact same scoreline. When to when we run yeah, lost to Olympiacos, got kicked out. I think it's exact uh, stage as well. The the last uh, round of sixteen or whatever you want to call it. Ah, oh, oh well. And <laughs> um, just before we get off the Premier League, I just want to ask you about Southampton. What's your what's your thoughts? Because. It seems to me as if they need to wake up really and be careful because they've lost their last eight out of nine. Um and then they've mm. obviously got Everton City and Brighton around the corner. It's um it's not looking good for them.
0: It really isn't, is it? I you know, I think it's I think we were talking about Hassan Hütel has been <laughs> Quite a good manager, and, and being one of the managers mm. that potentially could have got the uh, Dortmund job. I think they were top of the league at one point. <laughs> <Southampton>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, at the start of the season they were flying, but yeah. uh, they've just fallen away massively now. Mm. And I think they've probably done enough to stave off relegation, obviously, but um, their form has been
1: yeah
0: woeful. Yeah. And, and defensively just absolutely dire. Yeah, it's all it's all gone wrong for them. I don't, I don't quite know what the uh, the solution would be to be
1: honest. No. No, it's um it's one that I mean perhaps they were in a similar sort of situation when they got smashed 9-0 by uh, by Leicester City and they just needed something to come out of somewhere for them to just sort of rally around and and get the troops up and going again but um mm. yeah, it's they need to sort it out and they need to sort it out soon.
0: Yeah. It's been a season of sort of wild contrasts for Southampton. And I think almost mm. there's an argument to say that it's kind of regressing to the mean now. I think this is where you might expect Southam- Southampton to have finished at the end of the season. And I think that's probably quite a reasonable 14th, 15th. That's kind of a, a reasonable position for them. So yeah, as long as they don't do any worse than they are already doing, I think mm. they're be right for this season. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, a, bit of a bit of a surprise given the, the massive start they have this season.
1: Yeah, they need to stop losing. And a team also uh in a different league in the Bundesliga, they need to stop losing as well, which is her, uh, Hertha Berlin. Yeah. That's the team that I'm I was hoping to pull the segue into. Um but yeah, Hertha Berlin, they are they have lost the last six out of eight in the Bundesliga. Um wow. yeah, and they are I think they're if uh, I just have a look at the table now. They are just the yeah, they're on the same points as Armenia Bielefeld, yeah. and they're in fifteenth. So,
0: <laughs> and Armenia Bielefeld have got a game in hand as well. So, I'm mm. not going to say that that's a shoe in for points, but uh, no. you know that's still a risk. And yeah, that form's been really shocking, hasn't it? They mm. had a decent start as well.
1: Yeah, I mean the reason I I wanted to start with with to Berlin is kind of, I just wanted to sort of talk about Gwendizi for a bit because. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but his the, the Hurt Berlin manager came out the other day and uh, this is the statement, I've got it here. It's like puberty for him. He's kind of a rebel. He has to work and learn like an animal. Uh, it kind of makes me think um, that Arteta really wasn't wrong to have his doubts about him in the first place, especially after that, that Brighton game um, where he sort of put his hands around uh Neil Morpe, I believe it was, and and mm. I think as well it was reported that he was well, this is what Morpe said that he was going around telling the Brighton players how much he earned and how much he earned considerably more than they did. Um and if you also take that into account with the fact that um at Montpellier uh, is it at Montpel no sorry at Lorion he had disciplinary issues at PSG he had disciplinary issues and then obviously at Arsenal and now at Berlin. So every club he's played for there's been this attitude and ego problem. Um, it's a weird one for him. He's such a talented player. There's obviously real quality to his game. But if he mm. can't sort that side out of his game, if he can't sort that side out of his own personality, it doesn't bode well for him, does it?
0: No, it really doesn't. I mean, 21 years old, he's, he's still got um, a lot of learning to do, I think. Mm. that Those comments by the uh, manager. Probably was weren't far off the mark. I don't think. Um, mm. So <laughs> he's got some he's got some learning to do, and potentially it might be a little bit chasing and to, to be in that relegation scrap and have that fight and that battle and and fight for something that means something rather than try and you know have that arrogance beaten out of him. Hopefully, so um, yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting. One. I don't. Do you imagine he'll get recalled to Arsenal? Do you think he's?
1: Uh No, I, I, I would be absolutely flabbergasted. Unless we were in just desperate need, um, maybe if we ended up towards the sort of relegation zone, which I don't think will happen, but if, if things mm. just look, were looking really bad uh, and we just needed, needed as, as much sort of help as possible, then, then maybe, but I don't know, just considering the, the, the way that he left, the way that he was sort of cast out to, to Germany, I, I just can't see it happening. I don't think Arteta favours him. I think Arteta has noticed that side of his game. And it's not a good side of any player, even at the age of 21. I know it's still young, but to have that, uh, yeah, it's I think it's even beyond the likes of sort of disciplinary issues or the sort of individuality that you see from players like Pogba and so on. It's just perhaps gone across that that the other side of the line. Um, and it's one that he has to sort out for his own future because it looks unlikely that he's going to play for Arsenal but he could also make it very unlikely that he'll play for another team because I don't know how many other teams are going to want to look at that and want to take a gamble on it for me it it doesn't seem like it's likely
0: Yeah there there will be some team that will want him I would imagine Mm. I mean he's got a a bit of pedigree he played at France at all the sort of under-21 yeah. levels, under-18s, under-17s and all that business. So there must be something there that saw some potential initially. Mm. That doesn't just disappear. So hopefully he learns something from the last yeah. three months and, and starts to grow up,
1: yeah He got on relatively well with Unai Emery as well. Um, I didn't think there was any sort of bad blood or anything um, untoward that happened between his him and his spell at Arsenal when Emery was the manager and obviously Emery's now at Villarreal so perhaps that that might be a, a marriage to foresee in the future. So going on to uh the other part of the bundesliga the upper part um, yeah. with bayern munich where i think we were you know 2 weeks ago we were kind of um, <laughs> we were saying oh it's all but over now pretty much for for the bundesliga it doesn't look like there's any title race it's you know bayern munich have got the steam engine up and running but it's yeah now there's only two, two points between them and and rb leipzig it's um, it's crazy to think really
0: we were saying the same thing about Bayern that we said about Man City just a moment ago, I think. True. I sort of saying, yeah. no, it's all, everything's sewn up. It's, 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 it's Bayern's to win, to lose, rather. And, and yeah. <laughs> it just, just goes to show a draw and a loss in the last couple of games. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's back on. So it's two it's two points, you know. There's still a gap. Um, yeah. Bayern showed midweek in the Champions League that they mean business. They, mm. they really... Came came quite strong um, in that four one victory there. So I don't imagine that's that Europe. That's a World Super Cup break that they had that seemed to throw a bit of a spanner in the works. I think they've probably worked that out of their system now. Um, so yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic for the rest of the season. I think for, for Bayern, I think they'll probably they'll still pull through. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um... Yeah, I'd, I'd possibly, I do believe um, Bayern Munich will be good for it. But, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely made things more interesting. And that's, you know, that's at least a bit of sort of consolation for this sort of shit mm. season that every football fan is having at the moment. <laughs> but I'm
0: um, more interested by the, by the three-all draw with Bielefeld. I think mm. that was um, fascinating for me. I thought defensively Bayern were probably one of the stronger teams. Um, given that they, not recently, obviously, but, um, yeah, it was that was a real shock for one of the lower league yeah. um, teams to pick up a point against them. And, um, yeah, it was a remarkable, yeah. <laughs> real match. It was an incredible match to watch. It was just like they'd forgotten to play football, how to play football. It was yeah. uh, like park football for something. It was uh, ridiculous, so... Yeah, we'll see what this weekend brings anyway. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Aubameyang's just scored. So that I, I gave a bit of a, a fist pump in the air. <laughs> so, so, it's now 4-3. Oh, yes, that's great. Just please, <laughs> please hold on, boys. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs>
0: Can't be much longer now. It must be a few minutes uh, There is... What is
1: that? Uh, oh, five minutes left. <laughs> Five minutes of normal time. Come on, Matt. We can do it. Please pray <laughs> pray for us. <laughs> Put all those Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira feuds to a side. <laughs> this can be done.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'd like to see Arsenal go through, you know. Benfica are good. I like Benfica as a, as a club and as a... You know. But uh, yeah, Arsenal deserve something out of this season anyway.
1: With, with <laughs> going back to Bayern Munich, um, mm. you know, where I think a lot of the fans... Probably not too happy with, with Bayern winning again. It would Possibly, you know, it's boring or buying winning everything again. But I mean,
0: yeah.
1: and we've talked about this before, but would they really accept Leipzig winning
0: it? I, I doubt it. No, no, I can't imagine though. It'll be, um, it'll just send shockwave throughout Europe really if Leipzig win. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed they mm. don't. You know, I don't mind them challenging and things like that, but it, it just some about it just makes me feel so uncomfortable. So, um, and I, and I'm, I say that as an Englishman, so I can't imagine what the traditional German purist would would feel. Yeah. Um, about Leipzig winning, it'll, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a turn up for the books. So, but I think Bayern are, are too strong for that. I don't think they'll give up that, that, that
1: yeah.
0: title any anytime soon.
1: Yeah. So one we'll have to keep an eye on mate but um mm. there's only two points in it so it's yeah you know it's not completely out of the uh, the realms of the extraordinary so um no, yeah no. we we'll have to see really
0: but that chasing pack though they sort of give up points to each other don't they 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 mm. all sort of have that tradition and certainly in the last few couple of months where they'll, they'll give points to each other and they'll take points away and then that kind of slows things down and whereas that allowed Bayern to, to really sort of extend that league, which has been mm. cut recently, obviously, but I think that'll still be the same process for the, the sort of close um, of the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, considering the um, the sort of tight race between Bayern and RB Leipzig, it's a bit of a bizarre bit of business, um, sort of Dio, Makano coming from Leipzig to Bayern. I mean, do, do you find it a bit distasteful in the way that, the Bayerns have, have done this in the past so many times where they just seem to mm. pick up pick off the best players from the, the sort of the next best teams in and around them.
0: It's probably the right way to word it distasteful almost because it mm. kind of it just reinforces that same structure that the Bayern have obviously held for the last two decades or whatever it is, a decade and a half. It's the same it was with Lewandowski obviously as well. Um, and other players as it they seem to sort of harvest all the best talent in order to, to keep and maintain their status as, as a sort of premier uh, club in Germany. I don't think that's ever going to change anytime soon. And I'm not particularly um, upset about Ophamucano Up going as well. I don't think anybody expected him to stay. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty standard bit of business, really. Mm. But they, they certainly need it anyway. They, they need that a, a little bit of, Sort of defensive reinforcement, I would say. Hmm. So uh, yeah, it could do it could do really well for them.
1: Any idea who would um, form uh, their sort of their first choice partnership with with Mekane? Would it be Sula or Boeteng?
0: Um Potentially, yeah, Bertang. Um It's a bit of youth as well. So and are a bit of an aging team as well, I think. For a few of their positions so it could mm. uh, inject a bit of, sort of youth or bigger to the team so it, it might turn out to be quite a, a nice bit of business really mm. Yeah. yeah. So it... You, it... no go ahead sorry.
1: yeah so sorry, because I think you said on Twitter that it was essentially a replacement for Alaba so
0: yeah yeah because yeah, he's not staying the season is he? he's going mm. so um, yeah it could well be um, that sort of partnership thereafter so um, it was just a shame I was quite looking forward to up and kind of going to Man United as well. I think that was rumored at the start of the season. Yeah, but uh, Leipzig got trounced, I think, in Europe, and then it kind of that fell away. All that talk. So yeah, yeah, it's um, obviously reverting back to that same old harvesting of, of German talent and going to Bayern.
1: So. Yeah, there, there was even Up and Magano to Arsenal talk. So considering he's gone to Bayern, it just shows how much <laughs> how much we were in dreamland, really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they've got a decent. Um, Back line now, I mean, Pavard, Boateng mm. all those kind of players. Uh, they're looking for the. as and, well, yeah. But, yeah. And with Alaba going, he was obviously quite a, a pretty big profile player in, in the team. So, yeah, he's going to be a, a hard one to replace. So, mm. beyond, I mean, who else do you, do you buy at that level now? I think there's. Um, you've got your big name defenders, obviously, with the, with the Van Dykes and everyone like that. But. That lower level of defender that you can afford as well and, and have a bit of youth is um, is quite hard to find at the minute. I think defense, defensively, there's not a lot of value in the market. So
1: Marco Rosa to Borussia Dortmund. What's your thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, I think we we've sort of uh, talked about Rosa going um, to Dortmund at the, you know, way back when, in, in one of the first podcasts that we did. Hmm. And um, I'm not surprised, you know. No. I think it's... it's it's kind of like that tiered progression, like we say, with Upper Meccano as well, going to Bayern Munich. You've got that kind of tier of all the rest of the clubs feeding into those Dortmund and Bayern Munich um, kind of teams. And it's the same with management as well. So Rosa going to Dortmund isn't a surprise. gladback have been fighting quite well this season. They've been probably battling above um, and beyond what they're expected. I know they're Eighth, but still in Europe, you know, they're doing a decent job. So, it's um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, um, an interesting appointment, whether it's a bit of a sideways move mm. in Terzic, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I've not been massively impressed with Rosa so far. So uh,
1: Yeah, because, I mean, when he first went into Mönchengladbach, it seemed as if, you know, he it, it got off to a bit of a flying start. I think that mm, first season with him there, they, they did really well. Um, I think, did they end up in fourth or third? I can't remember exactly, but they they ended up in a um, respectable position. Whereas this season, it just seemed to be floundering. I think they're in seventh or eighth now. And it's, um, yeah. Why why do you think that is? Why do you think um, Rosa started off so well and then things have just not gone so well?
0: Yeah, it's... um... An interesting one, really. I think a uh, bit of a fresh new manager bounce, maybe, I don't know. But um, it's yeah, it's a hard one to, to rationalise, really, to see why they've slipped away so much. Um, I'm sure there are probably reasons behind it. I think the recent run of form has been really poor in the league, hasn't it? So it's two mm. losses, two draws, which is, is really poor. Obviously distracted by Europe, I think. Mm. Um, so that could be a factor in that one. And I think they're going to struggle to get into Europe at this rate, I think. So, he's he's gone at a decent time. He, you know, he signed that contract and that uh, transferred to Dortmund at a decent time when when perhaps if he'd have done the same at the end of the season, it might have been a different matter. He might not have had the opportunity. So, yeah, it's quite a shrewd move for him, to be honest, because I don't think he would have, like I said, I don't think he would have potentially been given the same opportunity given that the season is, is fizzling out a little bit
1: for back but yeah we'll have to obviously see when um, he takes over at Dortmund how he fares but i can't really see it going as badly as it kind of is for them at the moment um with the likes of harland there uh, well whether he'll be there next season and it? it sort of begs the question but if he does have harland at his disposal and sancho as well with you know big question marks over his um over his sort of staying at, at Dortmund but um if he is able to have those at his disposal then yeah, I think he'll, he'll have a, a good pot of players to, to sort of pick from. But, um, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, it will be, uh, be gutted, wouldn't he, if he turns up through the, through the gate <laughs> next season and then Harland's gone, Sancho's yeah. gone, all these players have gone. Yeah, We'll, we'll see. It'll be um, a real tough ask to keep hold of those two, for instance. And, you know, I can't see anybody... Um, been too surprised if Haaland goes if Haaland yeah. leaves at the end of the season whether it's to go to Bayern or you know, abroad we'll see on that one but uh, yeah he'll have a bit of a, a struggle to be honest if he doesn't retain the sort of key talent and yeah. key members of the squad
1: We have just qualified, we've got three, so it's finished four three. So that's very it. good. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> Breathe a big sigh of relief on that one. Um, I did, I, yeah, I'm shocked really. Um, I'm kind of gutted I didn't watch it because it sounds like an absolute cracker of a match. At the same time, it, I, I would have lost my nails, uh, I would have <laughs> bitten them away to crazy. So, yeah, it's um, I'm just glad we, we've made it through. That's good.
0: Are you quite, would you sacrifice the the progress in Europe for a decent league position, though league finish this season?
1: I think is it, it's that too, much of
0: a priority for you this season. It's too
1: little, too late now. I think we've absolutely f- fucked things up in the in the league so badly that I, it, it doesn't matter. I don't think realistically, chances of a top four finish are absolutely out the window, in my opinion. Just seeing the way that the squad is, and we look quite depleted in some areas of the pitch. I think we desperately need a new right-back. We desperately need a a decent partner in there for Partey. Um, I think Xhaka and Elneny, Elneny are, are, are very decent midfielders, but they leave you very exposed. And then you've kind of got an ageing David Luiz, who Arteta just seems to, to favour. I mean... It- it's sort of you know eight, seven, eight sort of games out of ten, he'll provide you, he'll provide you with some quality and he'll you know he'll keep you a clean sheet. But there's always, it's like Russian roulette. There's there's just you know that odd chance that every sort of two out two or three games out of those ten he'll um, he'll shoot the team in the foot. And that's you know that for me is just worrying. And I just don't think. We've got it in us to to be decent in the league. That's where our, I've got all of my hopes now in Europa League because I just think with the Europa League, that's where you know, just that cup, cup, cup that cup competition having that um, you know just and and we've got history there, and, and obviously Arteta's got history there with the cup as well, having won an FA Cup. Essentially, we could do the same thing with the Europa League. So yeah, I'm I'm more optimistic about that than I am Mm. of our lead title at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be... uh, There needs a bit of a restructure, I think, but it needs to shift a lot of the the Deadwood from Mm. the squad, it seems. He already started, didn't he, Arteta? He always had... Yeah. He he had a pretty good vision of what he wanted, but it's, practically speaking, how do you do that without Mm. upsetting the balance too much? And, yeah, it's... uh, I think next season or the season after is going to be a real... Sort of development stage, so I think mm. um, potentially if yeah. the board stick with him, they could be onto a bit of a bit of a winner there. But mm. it's having that faith and having that patience to see it through.
1: Yeah, well, I'm willing to have that patience because I think the the signs are encouraging. Um, it's possibly, I mean, to say that the season's been um, a disappointment is is an understatement. It's been it's been a horrible season to endure as an Arsenal fan, mm. but having seen the way that we played against Chelsea and then a the sort of runner of games that we went on from there and the way that we performed with the likes of Emil Smith Rowe coming in, with the likes of Saka just playing phenomenally basically throughout the whole season and then Tierney and obviously with Partey coming in as well. That there's some real good, promising shoots of of potential there. And that's that gives me hope. And I think if we just yeah. carry on with decent recruitment, with similar sort of recruitment to what we've done avoid the willian's <laughs> just, <laughs> just just please avoid any player like willian please try with all your might edu to get rid of willian cuz um, yeah I, I can't bear seeing him in an arsenal shirt anymore but yeah but i mean like, like i said with, with, with all those previous things putting those into consideration i do think the signs look good I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans would be in agreement with me I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans would be happy if we finished in 10th it'd probably be on the Arteta out bandwagon but just you know if, if we really look at it with some sense there's a lot of mitigating circumstances there we have to realise this is a building period this is a transition season for us um, um but next season we can't I think anything less than than Top four or top six—it's—it's it's a disaster, and it's a—that it, would be a call for, for us having to to change manager. But yeah, yeah let's see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I think it's—you've—you've uh, you've got a real good base of players. Uh, six, seven decent players. That if you can hold on to them, then mm. you can really work, um, work some magic next season. So yeah, fingers yeah. crossed for you.
1: Yeah, um, in the Serie A map, Inter are looking good. Um, Laura Martinez seems to be firing again. I think it's three out of the last four games that he scored in. Um, I think that was potentially why Inter Milan were, were having sort of struggles throughout the season. They weren't mm. Obviously, Lukaku has been on fire all season. He's been phenomenal. But then yeah. I think you know, they perhaps we're depending on him a bit too much. But now Martinez has sort of come into the frame as well. Um, yeah, it... it Kind of make some good money for for the Serie A title. What do you think? I think so. I think um,
0: I I would I would agree with you, but only because I think Milan are slipping off. AC AC Milan are slipping away too much. I think they've had a real bad run of form recently. I don't think they're strong enough to really contend. So I think they're going to fizzle out by the end of the season. I think um, the the Milan derby was testament to that. That that sort of showed where that balance of power lay now. So, yeah, Inter are looking really good. I think um, the eventers aren't necessarily strong enough to, to really challenge. So, um, it'll be it'll take a big shock for, for Inter Milan to slip up and it's theirs to lose now, I think, realistically. Mm. Given everybody else's circumstances, I think um, they'd, they'd really do, Um, you know, it'd be a surprise if they, if they were to lose that. It's only four points, but like I say, Milan, AC Milan, they're not they're struggling now so yeah
1: yeah um in the La Liga the La Liga I don't know if you just refer to it as La Liga um, in La Liga, <laughs> the La Liga. yeah the, the Liga. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I think my Spanish teacher wouldn't be too proud of me there um I know we've, we've sort of spoken of teams in the Premier League having to sort of avoid relegation but um, Atletico, they need to to wake up and get their shit together in order to you know, keep yeah. hold of the keep hold of the lead in, in La Liga because um, Real, Sevilla, and Barca, they're all absolutely in form and they're firing.
0: Yeah, they really are out there. I think that's um, that lead was it must have been was it nearly double figures at some point? I think mm. so. To, to lose that and, and it's what three points now mm. um, between. Um, Atleti and, and Real Madrid. So, yeah, they really need to sort of pick up their form a little bit. They've had a, a bad run of form, and a couple of draws, a loss, I think, in the last five games. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll. I think they're they're missing a few decent players. Obviously, Trippier's banned. I think still, isn't he? Mm. He's going to be out for a, for a while. So, yeah, I've, I can't. It's going to be a tight one. It's, it's going to really go down to the wire for me. I think. Yeah surprised yeah. if they hold out with uh, the form that Real Madrid are in. They seem to be in uh, yeah. a rich vein of form at the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think Atletico, they just need to turn things around because they just seem to be on such a slide now that it's it's dangerous. It almost reminds me of of Liverpool when they... Oh, I can't remember which title it was but um, the one with Stephen Gerrard slipping and Denver Barr yeah. scoring for Chelsea. Um, mm. Yeah, it, they need to be careful. They really need to be careful. Um, yeah.
0: Well, speaking as a Man United fan, it's, it's kind of like that Newcastle uh, lead that they had of, god knows how many eleven <laughs> yeah. points or something, which they yeah. managed to to blow. So yeah. I think, um yeah, Atlético Madrid, I think they're in a a real risk of, of repeating that that mm. core, um you know second half of the season. So yeah. But like I say, Trippi is out, Carrasco's out at the minute. I think it's. It's a real struggle when they've not got that sort of supply line to the likes of Suarez, who was on a, on a rich run of form with that mm. uh, goal-scoring feat of absolute <laughs> brilliance this season. It's been yeah. remarkable for him to, to go from Barca to Offa to, to go and do what he's done. So, I'm hopeful, you know. I think Simeone's got a decent um, pedigree there, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for them. I think mm. an interesting one to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think all they need to do really is just in a Simeone style, just grind out some wins because, mm. um, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble of, of letting that slip, yeah. really.
0: Yeah. It'll be we've got a game in hand, though, so mm. I could um, give them a bit more daylight that they potentially need. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a real interesting season in, in Spain this season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's. Um, I, I mean, we've, we're kind of talked about two weeks ago because I think um when we mentioned in that show we just talked about how France and Italy were essentially the only leagues where there, there was a um you know a bit of a title race but now <laughs> you've got sort of Germany <laughs> Spain it, it's, it's great it's great as a, a sort of neutral really to see that
0: um yeah yeah yeah, it is. Yes, we were, yeah, I remember saying that we didn't really have a league where we could look at it and say, right, there's a r- real title race on there apart from Italy and and that's kind of been shown up, up, up to a degree with Inter mm-hmm. Milan. I think like I say, I think Inter Milan are going to be um, too hard to beat now. But yeah, with France as well, France has been a, a, an interesting one. I always look to France and I always look to PSG and, and kind of hope that they lose. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about PSG, but they're kind of like a, a club with no class, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, no kind of heritage.
1: Yeah.
0: Born in the 70s, for instance. So don't, I don't think um, they've inspired particularly too much loyalty. Certainly not for yeah. me. So I'm, um, I'm quite quietly confident that they might uh, slip up this season and lose uh, their sort of preeminent position in, in France. So hopefully, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, well, there's all the chance of it happening. They're... Um... I mean, there's only four points between them and Lille in top spot. Mm. Um, but, you know, they lost their last game. Um, they've lost two in their last five. Yeah, it's it's very much a possibility that, uh, you know, that the the league and title could go to an, a different team. Um, but yeah. it's, it's also just good to see, you know, uh, although we talked about how great it is to see these sort of title challenges in, in Germany, in Spain, um and um, in Italy as well I, although I know obviously I do agree that Italy one does seem to be sort of sewn up but mm. in France that's the one where it's really interesting because it's it's a four horse race there and it's it's good to see
0: yeah yeah it really is I, I would love Leon to win I like Leon just mm. purely because of their sort of their ethics I quite like their investment in women's football as well I think that's been really nice to see so I'd, I'd like to see just a changing of the guard really I, it's a bit boring when you've got PSG who clearly have ploughed millions, billions of pounds of euros into the club and essentially bought the league and bought their success, which, I mean, you could argue every club does that, but then they've really taken, taken it to the extreme. And there's no building, there's no building progress of sort of bought their, their way to success. So, like I say, it's um, pleasing to see that they're struggling a little bit. Mm. But... That said, that Champions League midweek game against, um, Hmm. who was it, that that, that 4-1 victory was just ridiculous against Barcelona. That that performance, if they can pull that out every week, then they've got no problem whatsoever. But then the the trouble is they they turned up at Monaco and lost 2-0. So, you know, there's no consistency there. But if, if they deliver that level of performance like they did against Barcelona, then they've got no problem whatsoever.
1: Maybe they're just sort of saving all the reserves for the Champions League because, um, although those those players are, you know, essentially Mbappe, um, you know, uh, the Icardi, the you know, sort of big name players will be picked for the for the sort of league matches as well. I think maybe they just don't want to sort of overdo things and sort of save their their energy and their fuel for for Mm. the big ones and and the big one for them for a PSG that their their gold their golden target if you will is the Champions League you know if it doesn't matter any manager that goes in there if Pochettino when Pochettino's going in there he's not expected or nobody cares that you know that he wins Liga nobody cared when Emery won Liga nobody cared when um, Tuchel won Liga it's all about the Champions League so yeah. anything less than that, it's essentially a failure. So, I mean, it, it, that doesn't make me like them. I, I kind of share your sort of um, displeasure with them as well. I'm not too keen on on how things are run there at PSG. And, you know, just just having that sort of ruthless edge when it comes to appointing a manager and, and, and then sort of saying, OK, you haven't got this, the Champions League, you know, you're an absolute failure see you later to me that well, I don't know it doesn't sit well with me
0: no no it doesn't to me and but then that's the nature of it French, French football isn't as much of a challenge as it once was I think back in the early 90s 80s it was um, one of the better leagues but now it's to measure success in France is now measuring success in Europe mm. so you can't necessarily blame the owners for wanting that level of success I think mm. um, but yeah, it just smacks of a little, I don't know, it's, it's kind of on the same sort of level of classes, um, our mutual sort of hatred of the Red Bull franchise and, and that <laughs> yeah. kind of buying of success, which I'm not a massive fan of. There was nothing else at all in the whole world of football.